Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the host of Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. No matter where you are in the world, I want to thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day to hear my thoughts. As always, we have a great show for you today. Now here are our topics. listeners. Thank you for joining me once again for another episode of Independent Thoughts. On today's episode, we are joined once again by our friend Christopher Tracy to talk about Michael Bloomberg, his entry into the race, his record before he entered the race, and do we think he's a good idea for the Democratic Party? Afterwards, I'll be giving my summaration on how I feel about him with some extra thoughts. Hello, everyone out there. This is Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. I am once again joined by our reoccurring friend here on the show, Christopher Tracy. Chris, how you doing? Good, D. How you doing? Good, good. We are here today to talk about... Michael Bloomberg. I know you're excited. Good old Mary mm. McCheese himself. <laughs> yes, yes. So we are going to be talking about basically a few different topics revolving around Michael Bloomberg. But the first thing that I wanted to just talk about was um, just I want to get your feelings on this really quickly. How well do you know Michael Bloomberg? Um, Very well. I have family in New York City. Do you? Okay. So do you know what time, at what point was he mayor of New York City? Do you know offhand? I couldn't tell you the years, but I know he slid in there right after Giuliani was done. Okay. So we think about like the mid 2000s, probably 2004, 2005, somewhere in that area. Yeah. Dang. Long time ago. <laughs> yes. Yes. So the first topic of discussion here is why are we talking about Michael Bloomberg? Well, Michael Bloomberg is now running to be the democratic nominee of you know of the well of of the democrats that was a terrible way to phrase that but (laughs) but (laughs) things happen so the controversy surrounding him is the fact that he has entered the race late and he has yet as of we're recording this today on the 16th of february so as of right now He has not yet been on a debate stage and he's been basically able to put out now $300 million worth of television ads, which is a record for any individual person to put out in the time frame that has been done. Actually just maybe just ever. And yeah, he's faced no criticism for any of his like positions while he was in power because he's not been able to been in any any kind of a debate format hasn't done a single town hall hasn't done anything i mean do you think that's fair chris no i don't think it's fair at all and it just it's just horrible i think yeah he has any kind of credibility and you know with what's come out about him and just what people know about his background that he hasn't been made to defend himself yet right so let's talk about the first thing that's probably he's most well known for while he was a mayor of new york city Michael Bloomberg implemented a policy known as stop and frisk, where the police in New York City just without any kind of 
you know, probable cause whatsoever were given the free reign to just stop people on the street and frisk them to see if they had drugs or weapons or anything of the sort. Now, certain people on the right have championed this idea because they said that, like, you know, New York just had, was having so many homicides. And during that time where stop and frisk was implemented, that homicides rates dropped from, like, you know, thousands per year to only a couple hundred in a year. So they champion it as an overall a good idea. What do you think of the stop and frisk policy? I thought it was definitely draconian. To say the least. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's no, I mean, those kind of policies have existed before. They just used to exist under the guise of the drug war. Now it's just, you know, they're just using, you know, basic violent crime. Like, their justifications are less now. Exactly. So the... The thing that was going on recently is that he has recently come out and apologized for stop and frisk. But he only apologized, when I say recently, I mean in the last couple of months. And he's been out of office for years. In fact, the real controversy right now is over some audio that has been released recently. And the audio, I don't have it prepared for us today. But basically what he says uh, at a speech is that, you know, he was upset at the fact that the police were actually stopping too many white people. And that he said that if you were to take a, a picture of basically what a criminal looks like in America, and you could Xerox this picture to every police officer in America, it would be a 16 to 25-year-old black male. And that the cops just needed to actually be stopping more black people be, and, stop, and, and stop stopping white people as much because white people were not, were crime or not, or not people who commit crimes. Yeah, it's just crazy. And it just seems so convenient, like the guy who he's running against, you know, once, uh, you know, he needs a certain thing out of the public, he changes his views and he's willing to apologize for a policy that definitely caused a lot of harm to people. You know, it was just on the other side, you know, Trump in an interview in 99 declares to be pro-choice on the issue of abortion. And then yet Trump 2015, conveniently when he wants a Republican nomination, oh, I'm pro-life. And it's just the same thing with uh, Bloomberg. Oh, yeah, I'm this progressive liberal. I like equality. And yet he's responsible for something like stop and frisk. It's just the irony of it isn't lost on me. I was listening to my favorite news show recently, which I've referenced before in an earlier episode. My favorite news show currently is Rising. You can find it on YouTube. It's done by Hill TV. And they were referring to this fact about how Bloomberg, as of October of 2018, only then registered himself as a Democrat. October of 2018. This was after like the Kavanaugh hearings, for those of you who are going to put this into perspective. So up until that point, he thought of himself as a Republican. So it would seem that only once he thought he was going to run for president that he thought to himself it would be a good idea to be a Democrat. So before all of that, he has been a registered Republican. So it does feel a little disingenuous to all of a sudden just say that he's trying to apologize. And I do feel like it's a little crazy that he's right now trying to go into different cities all over the country and trying to garner black support when he championed the fact that he thought that 
all criminals can only be characterized as young black males. Well, you know what, D, and you know, there's a lot to that. And I do, did want to add, I also believe, I think he ran and won on New York City as being an independent. And I'm just kind of shocked that he wouldn't just do that now, why he had to be a Democrat. But, I mean, then again, you know where we're at politically with this political polarity. There's really not much room for a middle ground anymore. So I think that was a smart business decision on his part. And then, yeah, no, I'm noticing that, him trying to go around and court black voters. But I got to say, D, I honestly believe he could probably get a few just because there's just this, that whole sentiment against Trump is just so strong. That's all you really need, I think, to get a lot of these votes from a lot of these people, black and white. It's just, are you against Trump or not? I really feel like in some cases it's going to work. Right, which is why I feel like conversations like this one are so important because I feel like most people don't have enough time in their day to go sift through the endless amounts of information that is online about like what is real and what is fake in the news cycle. So a lot of people really just turn to like really quick sources of information in order to become educated on the issues. And I feel like not a lot of people are spending enough time talking about Michael Bloomberg and who he actually is. They just see a guy who seems to have a lot of money and wants to defeat Donald Trump. And that's enough for some people. But I feel like more people need to understand who this person is and why he does have a lot of money and he wants to defeat Trump. That shouldn't be qualifications to be a nominee of a party. I don't think that should just let you skate by on what you've done. How do you feel about it? No, D, I mean, I agree 100%. And one thing I know that I'm going to look at and you'll be looking at is I want to know what they're – I mean, the first thing I'm going to look at when I leave up out of this uh, conversation is I'm going to look at what their relationship was like when he was the mayor. Because in spite of what Trump says and everybody talks about the deep state and all that crap, Trump knew what he was getting himself into before he got into politics. He rubbed shoulders with politicians very often with his status as, you know, one of this country's most popular businessmen. Kind of like a Gerald Ford of our lifetime. Right. And, uh, oh, excuse me, Henry Ford. Henry Ford, not Gerald Ford. But, um, yeah, they, like, he knew what he was getting himself into. But like I said, anybody believing that Bloomberg is seriously opposed to Trump has got to be crazy. I think Bloomberg is just doing this for Bloomberg, period, because he sees a way to get in. And he wants that power that the presidency can bring. He wants, you know, the political attention, you know, probably, you know, for some kind of business purposes. Not too different than Trump. And so I really hope people will stop and take a look at that. Right. So let's get now to the next topic of conversation, which is with now basically our second billionaire in a row getting into the race here with Trump being the first and now Bloomberg being the second. I am troubled by this trend right now. So the issue is really around money and politics, but I'm going to condense it down to should billionaires be allowed to run for president? And the question really becomes is, should people be able to essentially dump uncapped sources of money into an effort to get themselves elected president? Because now we've had Donald Trump get elected as a billionaire and he's enriching himself with the presidency. Now Bloomberg's running into the race. I've heard rumblings that Mark Zuckerberg might want to run for president in the future. I don't like the idea of all these billionaires just trying to become president to enrich themselves. I mean, aren't these people rich enough? I mean, it's nuts. And I got to be honest, I, uh, I mean, I share everything you feel. I just don't know how it can be stopped. I was sort of people just being like, you know what? You're not getting our vote. 
That would be the hope. I do kind of cling to the idea that Andrew Yang had of democracy dollars. I do too. And also another, I'm not, I think she's damn near close. Oprah floated the idea of running for president and Trump actually endorsed her back in 99 saying she'd be a wonderful president. You and I probably both would be like, no, and Oprah wouldn't get my vote either. I, you know what? Oprah's a very likable person. I'm sure she would probably run a platform that would probably be sensible to me, given what I know about her. But I feel like even though I would like someone like her, there has to be a line drawn in the sand where we just say that, you know, you just can't come into politics and just dump unlimited sources, unlimited resources into it just to obtain power like that. Like that cannot be the way that we elect presidents. I just, I just don't think it's a good trend for the future because while it may be not the worst thing in the world currently, it's only going to give way to something far more sinister in the future. We already are on the brink of oligarchy with how well, it's you know what, D, and, and the more they see, the more people see this, you know, the less political turnout and involvement we've got, and the more we trend towards lawlessness or some kind of overt and aggressive action by the government that mandates our participation. That's what yeah. I'm scared of. I can understand that. So the final question I have for you, Chris, is should we, I guess we've probably already kind of answered this, but let's just get a more definitive answer on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should, should we really be okay with Michael Bloomberg's candidacy? Negative. We should fight it as hard as we fight against Trump. And I'm sure a lot of people at home can really not understand that because I feel like people have become so blinded by their hatred of Trump. And I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that Trump's a good guy. I don't like Donald Trump. You know, let's just, I'm just going to put my cards on the table here. I'm not a Trump supporter. I've got cards on the table with you. However, I just feel like just because someone could beat Donald Trump, just because they want to, doesn't mean that they should automatically get our votes. I just don't feel like that's how we should be giving out our votes in America. And with that being said, I will be right back with my final thoughts on this segment. Indie Thought listeners. Has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side? Well, then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode. Bathing Beauties Beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown Missoula. Whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project, they have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry. They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at bathingbeautiesbeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage inspired clothing, shoes and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. 
Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at bettysdivine.com. I'm going to wrap up this episode by giving you my outgoing thoughts on Michael Bloomberg. But before I do, I just want to clarify exactly what was, excuse me, what was said about in this speech. So back in 2015, Michael Bloomberg gave a speech which was tried to be covered up by some of the people that work for him. But recently, the audio has been released since in the last just like few weeks here and what was said in the speech you can hear bloomberg saying you can just take the description of male minorities age 16 to 25 and xerox it and pass it out to all of the cops he went on to say you put the cops where the crime is which means in minority neighborhoods okay so basically Afterwards, he got a lot of backlash from it. In a statement on Tuesday, he came out and he said that he inherited the policy from his predecessor, Rudy Giuliani. He said, I inherited the police practice of stop and frisk, and part of our effort to stop gun violence, it was overused. By the time I left office, I cut it back by 95%, but I should have done it faster and sooner. And I regret that, and I, should, and I have apologized. However... Even though Bloomberg claims that, the statistics show the number of stops skyrocketed underneath Bloomberg and only decreased when a lawsuit to stop them sought and received class certification in the final two years of his tenure. In 2013, a judge found that stop and frisk was a policy of indirect racial profiling. Now... Some, while I was sitting here trying to go through all this information in my head, I was having a hard time putting into words how I felt about this stop and frisk policy. I never lived in New York, so this didn't, you know, directly affect me, but I was very just upset when I first heard this. For those of you who don't know, I'm a person of color myself. I am a black person. I have not disclosed that yet as we've been recording these episodes but I felt the need to talk about that now. So I'm feeling a little uncomfortable hearing Michael Bloomberg's explanation. So instead of trying to figure out exactly how I felt, I thought that it might be better for us to listen to Trevor Noah's description of how he feels about it. Trevor Noah recently did a segment on The Daily Show about this revelation, and I felt like his words really summed up exactly how I was feeling. So I'm just going to let him explain it for you really quickly here. I'm going to play a quick little video about three minutes long of his reaction to this audio being leaked. You know, the, the biggest issue I think I have and many other people have with Mike Bloomberg and how he's defending his stop and frisk record is that he doesn't seem to know what he's defending. And that, that to me is a problem. You know, he goes, oh, I, I apologize for the policy. And people are not 
are not as angry about the policy, I think, as how the policy was targeted. Because for so many years, especially in America, black people have said, hey, the police are targeting us just because we're black. They treat us like we're all criminals. They're not just trying to go for criminals. And what would people say to people? Oh, you're overreacting. Cops are not just going to throw you against the wall. You must have done something. You must. And I can imagine for a long time, for many black Americans, it must have felt like being gaslit. You know what's happening to you. You say what's happening to you. And people are like, that's crazy. And I can imagine how for many white people in America, they're like, that is crazy. You just got thrown against the wall? Why? You must have been doing something. Because white people are like, I've never been thrown against the wall. That, that would never happen to me. What, what? You just got thrown against the wall? That's it? I see cops all the time. I say, hello, officer. They say, hello, sir. And then I keep walking. Walking. You just get thrown against the wall? That doesn't make any sense. And I can ima- and then a lot of black people are like, you white people are being racist because you don't. And white people are like, that is insane. Cops will not just throw. And I can see how people have lived in these worlds for so long. And then now you have audio of Mike Bloomberg saying. And that audio for me, if you break it down into pieces, has so many issues with it. First of all, the fact that he says, if you look at criminals and, 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 and victims of crime, etc., you can Xerox. You can just copy and paste it and put it out there. It shows me that you didn't even care about the differences between black people. You made it seem like black is crime when, in fact, black is most affected by crime. That is the thing that you did there, right? That's the first problem I have. Secondly, the fact that people don't seem to realize the ramifications of treating people like that. Imagine if you are a black kid living in Mike Bloomberg's New York City. Every day, you're getting frisked and thrown against the wall. Huh? Put over the hood of a car every day. This is what cops are just, this is your life. Now imagine if you are a black kid who lives in this world. A cop gets you, pulls, throws you into all. You got something, you, no. You carry, next day it happens again. Maybe next week, maybe next month, whenever it is. At some point, what do you say? Fuck the police. Yeah? And then you get people like, why don't you respect the police? Why don't they respect me? They don't protect and serve me. These people come and throw me against the wall and treat me like a criminal. You know what I mean? And then what does that kid do one day? They see the cops, they go, screw this, I'm not staying around for this. They run away. The cops pursue. Now they catch you. What are you? You're, you're evading arrest. You're resisting arrest. Now you get arrested for resisting arrest. Then you go to jail. You can't afford bail. Now you're in prison. What does prison turn you into more likely than not? A criminal. Right? And even if you don't become a criminal because of that, you are still in the system now. We've seen how these kids get locked up. They can't afford to come out. Now they are living a life of crime without being a criminal. And then you're just like, oh, but these kids spend all their time in jail. How did they get to jail? Why were you running from the cops? Because I was tired of being thrown against the motherfucking wall. I'm not going to stick around for that. I remember that in high school. I didn't wait. The bully came and I was like, oh, shit. And I was gone. I wasn't going to stand there and be like, yeah, well, good afternoon, bully. Uh, nice to see you again. Now, a different thing today, yes? Are we going to talk this out? No, at some point you knew the bully was going to do what he's going to do, so you ran before they even got to you. And then people are like, why are these kids running away? They don't respect the police, but do the police respect them? And that is something no one can deny. If you've ever been in a rich neighborhood specifically, not just a white neighborhood, but a rich neighborhood, you will see the relationship that police have with those communities. It's very different because they know if they throw the wrong person, search the wrong person, frisk the wrong person, that person knows someone powerful enough to make sure that their job is in danger. And those are the dynamics that you're dealing with here. So my problem with Mike Bloomberg is he's not saying, I'm sorry for targeting black people. I'm sorry for treating black people like second-class citizens. I'm sorry for gaslighting black people for so long. No, he's just like, I'm sorry that stop and, stop and frisk happened to affect black communities. And it's like, no, it didn't happen to. You designed it to. So... I honestly don't think there's any reason to really follow that up. 
honestly. I, I feel like Trevor Noah kind of hits it right on the head because you talk about the trickle-down effect of something like stop and frisk being targeted to minorities. It is one of those things where he went on in the speech that he was giving to say that he felt as though the police were stopping white people too much and not stopping people of color enough. Look, I know that it gets, you know, we've spent three and a half years, for those of us who do not like Donald Trump, we've spent three and a half years now just constantly dealing with the everyday just nonsense that is that comes from Donald Trump and his Twitter following and from his policies. And everyone just wants to jump on the very first ticket off of the Trump train. But I got to tell you, I do not believe that the way that you get Trump out of the White House is to put somebody who is also flawed in the White House. We shouldn't be so desperate to get Trump out that we're willing to put anyone in because the answer to solving why Trump became president isn't to put another flawed person in office. If we're ever going to move beyond the point where someone like Trump can get elected, we have to actually attack the reasons why Trump is being elected. And putting in people who are flawed, who don't really care about the people who are voting for them, who are electing them, if we put another person in the White House like that, we're not really solving anything. We're not really changing anything. We have to rise above this gut reaction of, let's, let's just do anything to get Trump out. Let's just do anything to get Trump out. That is not the reaction that we need to have. We need to put the right person into the office, into the Oval Office, not just any person who can beat Trump. That may win in the short term, but that is a loss in the long term. And we need to stop pretending as if getting Trump out is our only priority if we really are ever going to solve the reasons why Trump ever got into office. everyone that is our show for today i want to thank you all for checking out indie thought independent thought is brought to you by your host desmond price you can follow us on twitter at independent thought or at indie i-n-d-e thought so again thank you all for coming and hanging out with me for those of you who found me on iTunes or on Spotify, please go ahead and subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating. If you give us a four-star rating, I'm inclined to think you're a hater. So don't hate. Thank you so much. And I hope to see you all next time.